Welcome to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Bless the Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Heavenly Father, our prayer is help us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm -mm. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Glory. Woo! Glory to God. Um, Pastor Steve, Pastor Portia, Saints. Um, uh, uh, if I seem a little extra happy, it's, I'm not going to cry. I could cry if I let myself. But uh, one of my first sons and daughters in ministry, Jonathan and Katara, stand up. Jonathan and Katara Smith. Is it from North Carolina or South Carolina? Virginia now. Amen. Um, uh, Jonathan, uh, he's went on to get his doctorate. And Katara, how many times have you been named teacher of the year in the state? Just once here and once in Virginia, she was named the best teacher in the state. And, uh, and bless God, I had, to, I had the privilege of, of, of burping one of their children, amen. And now, they, now their children are grown. I'm, I am not old, I am ripe. Uh, but, but to see them, uh, my heart just leaps with, on Father's Day. Um, to see them here, strong in the Lord, strong in their marriage, uh, grandparents, and just uh, fruitful in the Lord, um, um, ministering both in just doing wonderful things. My heart rejoices to have you in the room. God bless you. God bless you. Um, amen. Um, amen. Amen. I see Tony here today. Bless God. Hey. Oh, glory to God. We're going to have a good time. Now, um, I'm going to tell you a little secret. Um, Princess Pauline, tell me not to talk about it, so I'm going to just say. Okay, all right, all right. Bless God, bless God. Um, tell you a little secret. Usually, uh, Pastor Mike puts himself on the clock. Uh, sometimes I actually have somebody time me. Today, Pastor Mike is not on the clock. So, um, and, and not only that, I'm going to ask that if you have to leave before I'm over. If you think you might, I'm going to ask for you to reposition yourself near the back. Because today we're about to do some surgery. And you know in the surgical room you got to put you got to got to got to got to because it has to be just right. And so those of you who know how to pray, I need you to pray. Um, that this would be a specially effective and precise word. Um, we've given you outlines because we want this to um, live uh, longer than today. And I want to, and I don't usually make recommendations like this. If you have a fi family Bible, tuck this in your Bible. Um, some of you need this today. And some of you may say, not only am I not a father, I'm not interested in being a father. You never know. And if you have somebody in your family that is a father, 
if you have somebody. Um, also, this is also good um, for those who are mothers who are raising children without uh, a father in the picture. Um, I used to say on Father's Day, some of you owe your mother a gift because she's been working double duty. And so um, while a mother can't take the place of a father, sometimes she's been carrying the responsibilities. And so this is also good for those. And but the, the precision surgery we want to do today with a spiritual laser I believe, and the data, uh, uh, I think Dr. Smith could share with us too, um, the earth is suffering from the lack of a father's voice. There's some things that daddies should have said, but for whatever reason, they weren't there to say it. Some of them were there and said something else. And the earth is groaning because it wasn't said and it wasn't done. So I want to, um, in, in to uh, his part, surgery has begun. Some of you say, my daddy wasn't this, my daddy wasn't that. First thing I want to share with you, and we haven't gotten into the message yet. Some of you need to know that the only reason your daddy existed was to get you here. That may be the only good thing he ever did. That may be it, that may be all. But God used him to get you here. And not only is that good, that's very good. Amen. Amen. And so that's that's that piece. But then but then also uh, I want to give you that I was blessed. Uh, my grandfather's name was Spencer Moore. And he used to invite me Pastor Pastor Portia over to the house. I'd come by and I was I was a man then and I'd come by and I would presume to play dominoes with him. And he would actually let me win, but then Brother Ricker, he, he'd say something, and I learned this trick. He's, he said, how long you got today? I said, I have another hour. He said, okay. Bam, and you'd hit that first domino, and you'd know how. He used to say, now, I'm getting ready to send you to the graveyard. <laughs> first time he said, I said, the graveyard. He said, yes, that's where the bones live. And he would beat me so bad, Brother Ron. He would beat me like a drum. And then he would give me some of the things that I was giving to you today. And then my daddy, um, um, he, would, he used to fix televisions. And he had a big old thing about up to this tall. And, he, and I finally got big enough to carry it for him, Sister Kalila. And, and it was a privilege to carry that for him and ride with him when he was fixing stuff. And he would talk to me and I wouldn't even realize, you know, what he was doing. He was planting seeds. And so some of the things I'm going to share with you, he shared there. I'm going to give it to you. 
because uh, whether you know it or not, you're, if you don't know you need it, you're going to need it. Somebody in your family is going to need it. Generations are going to need what I'm sharing with you today. So today, um, uh, our topic is things my father taught me. And our spiritual launching pad is Luke 15 and 31. And it says, his father said to him, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me. And everything I have is yours. Now we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna end back there at the end of today, but um, we're still in Ephesians. And Pastor Steve gave me liberty; I asked permission. Uh, we're going to cherry pick some scriptures that align with the things my father taught me. The first one, and we have it underlined there for you, is dress for the occasion. Now, my father, uh, Brother Anthony, he, 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 told he, he, used to, he used to put on a shirt on a Saturday with a collar. And sometimes he'd wear a sport coat on a Saturday. And I just wonder, why would he do that? He said, well, you never know who you might run into. And then he, and I didn't even realize, he was a deacon of the church. And so when he went certain places, he was going to have on a tie. And it didn't always match. But he put on a tie when he was going certain places. And on Sunday, he had on a deacon suit. And he went on to tell me, when I preached my first sermon, he bought me a black suit. He said, son, a preacher shouldn't look like a clown. Bought me a black suit, bought me some Stacey Adams, got me ready. And, and, and he knew that he didn't want me to commit what we used to call, I used to be um, over sports uh, in the high schools in, in the Oakland section. Uh, we used to have something called a uniform violation. Every year, we would condition the helmets. And then you could not play football if you did not only have your helmet on, but have it strapped on right. We had a fellow from NFL player come and talk to the fellows one time. He said, it is my job to separate people from their helmet from the ball and from their will to win. He said he would try to hit people so hard that it would make them consider something else. That they didn't even want to play football anymore after he hit them. And you need to know that's how hard the devil wants to hit you. And if you don't have on the helmet, now I'm not going to deal with all the stuff you ought to put on, but today I specifically want to deal with the helmet of salvation because you need to know Satan wants to give you a concussion. He wants to make it so, so your coconut is cracked. And you need to have, you need to know that you are saved that God has rescued you, and then you need to play the game of life like you are equipped because you are saved. Now, just one thing about that salvation. We, are, and, and the Spirit knew, we talked about freedom this morning. That salvation sets you free, but let me give you a layer of that freedom. Because, and we, didn't, we don't even realize it, before we are saved, we are slaves of sin. You want to know why some folks sin? They can't help it. They're not saved. They don't have the Holy Ghost. They don't have the word. They don't have anything to equip them 
to be free not to sin. But when we get saved, we don't have freedom to do anything we want. We finally, Mama Linda, have the freedom to do the right thing. And if you, and if you think back on it, when you were in the world, when you were in sin, when you was high as the sky in the summertime, you couldn't help it because you weren't free. Now you, because you have the Holy Ghost indwelling you, you have the freedom to do the right thing. So now, glory to God, and some of you don't even realize you're doing it. You get hurt, and now you get back in the huddle, and you say again, Pastor Terrence, give me the ball. How can you say that, Sister Thessa, after you've been hit so hard by the devil? Because you know you have, glory, now you see you're trying to get me started. You know you got your helmet on. And let me tell you, don't you know, if you are a child of God, and God give you the ball three times, you're going to at least get a first down. And the reason the devil's sending 11 troubles to tackle you is because he knows you're going to score. And so put your helmet on knowing that you are an all-star. But Chauncey, <laughs> on God's team, and keep getting the ball because you have your helmet strapped on. You're not committing a uniform violation. And God wants you to be able to deal with the blows without getting concussed. All right, so dress for the occasion. But every day remind yourself, I am saved. I am a son or a daughter of God. And I have all the equipment I need to win today. You are equipped. Next thing. My daddy. And again, I didn't even realize Pastor Stephen until I was preparing for this message. I was starting to think, did my daddy ever not come home? And I could think of a couple of times when he was in the hospital. When they had to keep him, you know, some short, sometimes short time, sometimes. But other than that, my daddy always came home. Now. When I was little, that didn't seem special, but do you know the older I get, the more amazed I am that my daddy came home? Because I started to realize, Pastor T, there's a whole lot of other places a man can go. And we men need to know to come home. What do you mean by that? Ephesians talks about mutual submission. Ephesians 5.21. It says, and further submitting yourselves one to another because you scared your wife going to beat you up. <laughs> Is that what it said? It says, submit yourselves one to another because your children act like they were raised by apes. Is that what it says? It says, submit yourselves one to another out of reverence of Christ. Now, I, there are some things that we as men want to do. There are some things that we as parents want to do. But we need to go home to be mutually submissive to the needs of the house. Now, one definition of husband, and bless God for those of you who are husbands, 
is to be the band around the house. Now, I'm glad Encounter doesn't have rocks on the floor because some of y'all might be getting ready to stone me right now. (laughs) But it is not the mother's responsibility to raise a child. It is the father's responsibility to be the band around the house. Husband. It is my responsibility to keep it together. You, that's a good place. That's not bad to praise the Lord there. Amen. We need to know that. And I need to have things set so at my house, bless God, it ought to be on automatic. I got my house on so much automatic, Pastor Steve, the, the, the temperature changes at certain times of the day. Water comes on certain times of the day. Somebody come through a certain door, it says back door opened. And I don't automatic. I got I, I I can open the door to my house from Cuba. And I can close it too. And bless God. Because I and and two, bless God, and brothers, again, I'm this is so important. There are some things that I need to submit to my wife. I didn't marry her thinking she was stupid. So since she's smart and since she's good and since she has wisdom, I need to benefit from it. Brothers, we need to, our wife can help us. You can make it by yourself. She can make it by yourself. But together you are ten times as strong. That girl has some sense. She has some knowledge. And if we'll learn to listen now, now, now brothers, practice with me. Do, do this. Come on, practice, brothers. Now, repeat after me. Yes, baby. Come on, say it a little better. Yes, baby. Now, brothers, as often as you can, give her a yes, baby. So when you have to give her a no, baby, you have something in the bank. I just saved some of y'all three divorces. Because she's not, but, but some of us think being the man of the house means saying no. We need to submit to the will of Christ. And it's the will of Christ at your house to have it go smooth. And when you two come together to be what both of you can be together, the two are stronger than one. And so go home and submit yourself to what God wants for everybody in that house. Now also, and we'll get to this a little bit deeper in a minute, there are some things your children are smart about. Do you know I know I will let little Mike teach me about certain technologies? Sometimes when I'm getting ready to preach a sermon on a certain topic, I'll call little Mike and say, Mike, could you tell me about so-and-so and so-and-so? Because there's some stuff that young man knows, and you, you have a resource at your house. Your children, you, I, I think, I, I bless God for Sergio. He's going to preach at stadiums. And I'm glad he's 4.0 in this. And then may his tribe increase after he gets married. Amen. 
Um, but, 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 but our children have some things they can tell us if we'll listen. Listen to your son. Listen to your daughter. And, and they can teach you some things too. Submitting yourself one to another. So go home. Men, even if you are raising somebody else's children, if you want to do a fascinating study in the Bible, look at the people who raise somebody else's child. So it, men, you're missing on a blessing. If you don't have any children that, that, that you would call a blood child, there is a powerful, powerful blessing in being a father in, in, a, in somebody else's life. You know, some of my children in the Lord are 20 years older than me. There's somebody who needs what you have. You say you don't know anything. We're going to get to that in a minute, too. You have been put on earth to be that bridge over troubled water for somebody else. You may have the gift for that young man, for that young lady, for that boy, for that girl that their blood parent didn't have. I, and, and I'm not saying anything bad about their blood parents. For whatever reason, they weren't there. They're not there. And God has sent you on a mission to be a father to generations. So, so go home. And then, and somebody so needs to hear this today. And that's why I got to take my time. Love. Now, what are you talking about, Pastor Mike? My mother, when I was a little fella, Little, little, little bitty fella. Some of my fondest memories, I just, I, I must have been real young because I had to look up at the bottom of the kitchen table. I don't know how old I was, but I was little. And I'd be in the kitchen and she'd be cooking and I'd be waiting for Ron for the spoon. She had a powerful spoon. I'd lick that spoon, that cake, that cake batter, my goodness, oh my goodness. But the time came in five kids, my I didn't even know we broke five children, my mother, my father, and my grandmother in the house. And my mama used to work, she'd wash clothes. I didn't even learn how to wash clothes until I came back from college. And, and, and bless God. And, and, but the time came, my mother had a heart attack. And some of us really need to hear this. And she could not do what she used to do. And Pastor Steve, Pastor Terrence, I saw my daddy drop that thing into a whole nother gear. My, thank you, Lord. We didn't come up. We didn't get a dryer. We had a washing machine. But we didn't get a dryer until I was, I was, a, I was, a, I was an older child before we got a dryer. You want to know what our dryer was? The clothesline. We had about a 50-foot line in the back. And I, I remember my daddy with wooden clothespins. I said, that's special. I wish I wouldn't have seen him because then he started having me do it. <laughs> my daddy with clothes? Yeah. Because the woman he loved couldn't do what she used to do. He called all of us around and he said, mama can't do what she used to do. So not only are you not gonna ask her, you gonna do it. <laughs> and you're not gonna even bother her. If I hear that you bothered mama with anything, 
I'm going to see you when I get home. And if you want to know how effective that was, I think I was, I was, I wasn't in, so I had to be about 17. And one time I was at a church meeting, Brother Chuck, and I was sitting in the back, and my daddy's sitting in the front, you know, business meeting. And I raised my hand in the sitting in the back. I don't know why I thought I had something to say. And the pastor said, yeah, Mo, what you got to say? And my daddy turned around and looked at me. And I said, And I didn't even breathe until I thought it was okay to breathe. And they said, ooh, he hushed him, he hushed him. Because see, there's a picture of my daddy on there. My daddy was a military man. He knew how to hit. He knew, he knew a bunch of ways to kill you. Fortunately, he never had to use one of those on me, but he used something else. And one time... One time my daddy hit me. I was sitting on the front row of the church. Don't hit him. I was sitting on the front row of the church. And I, I even forget what I did, but my feet couldn't even reach the floor. And my daddy backhanded me. It felt like a thousand bumblebees. <laughs> Just ran all over me. Just never missed a beat. He said, Amen. Never missed a beat. He loved my mother when she couldn't love him like she used to. Now, some of you need to know that loving your wife, loving your husband, loving your children, it needs to not be situational and exchange love. In the same way, husbands are to love their wives as they love their own bodies. Anything you wouldn't do to you, don't do to her. Anything you wouldn't do to him, don't, don't do it. Anything you wouldn't do to yourself, don't do to your husband. Anything you would, you, you would, you, and now, <laughs> I thank God, I don't remember a whole bunch of times my daddy hit me, but oh, I still, I'm, I'm 63. I still remember bumblebees. Ooh, it, it's hurting now. And Jesus loved the church when the church couldn't do nothing for him. And when your wife is sick, when your children cannot do what they used to do, love them all the more. Love is not situational. And sometimes that's going to mean you being able to say no, but just as hard sometimes is saying yes. My daddy taught me how to love even when the one he was loving couldn't do it like they used to do. And some of you need to learn to love those folk who are in your family, love those folk who are in your house, love those who God has given you responsible for, even if they never do nothing ever again. 
because that's how the Lord loved the church, whether the church ever got straight or not. We haven't thought about this, but every day is not the wedding day. Some, I don't, what make you think she's going to dress up like that every day? She, she, she went to the Mac counter and put on that makeup. She had smell good on her ankles. But that was one day. It's not going to be like that every day. Wake up. But your love ought to be just as fresh, just as real, just as strong. And, and why same thing for your husband, same thing for your children. We don't have a problem with our children changing their diapers. But sometimes you got to change grown folk diapers. Love. And then be the best garbage man. Now, some of you, bless God, you're getting ready to have your first child. Some of you have just had your first child. Some of you got God is going to increase your quiver. Get this early. It'll save your world a headache. My daddy used to say, and some of your fathers said it too, if you're going to be a garbage man, be the best garbage man. Joseph Garlington tells a story about uh, a, a little elementary school class where it was career day. And they were asking everybody, what did they want to be? And one little boy said, I want to be a doctor. Other boy said, I want to be a lawyer. Other boy said, I want to be a fireman. Another little boy said, I want to be a moan back man. Say, moan back man? He said, well, the teacher said, well, you have to tell me. Tell me, what is a moan back man? He said, it's the man who stands behind the garbage truck and says, moan back, moan back, moan back. See, I want to be a moan back man. <laughs> My daddy said, if you're going to be a moan back man, be the best garbage man that you can be. Now, what are you saying, Pastor Mike? This may come as a shock to you, but if you are a preacher, your son just might not be a preacher. If you are a doctor, your beautiful, intelligent, brilliant daughter may not be a doctor. It says, and we've read it a thousand times, but we didn't ask God, what, are you, what were you saying? Bring a child up in the way they should go. Didn't say bring them up to be you. So, fathers and mothers who are in the role of fathers, and, and, and those of us who, are, who wish our daddy was here to tell us something, let, let, let me tell you what your heavenly father is saying to you today. Be the very best you. If you, because see, help me, Lord. Quit getting mad at your son because he doesn't want to take a hammer and beat folk in the head. Your son may grow up to be John Legend, may grow up to be an artist. Let him be that. Your daughter may be able to run faster than all the boys. Don't get that girl a pot. Get that girl some Nikes. Find out what they're good at. Again, my daddy's so brilliant. He said, well, son, uh, what do you like? I said, well, I want, 
I, I love baseball, I love football, I love basketball. I started naming players and all of that. Within a month, coming into the mailbox, we had one that came into you, open it up and just slide into the house. Sports Illustrated starts showing up. Sporting News starts showing up. I said, ooh, daddy, daddy really likes me. You know what he was doing? So he, he tricked me. He was getting me to read. And so he found out what I liked, and he got thick stuff about what I liked for me to read. Your son like video games and won't study? Get him the cheat codes. Thick book. Cheat codes for dummies. She likes hair? Get her 10 ways to do a perm. Get her a makeup book, but make it thick. And make sure it has a vocabulary in the back. And help him to be the best moan back man. But you got to find out what they like. And then help them to be the very best that. Help them to be the best garbage man. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. When you try to bend them in a way that God didn't design them to be, you're going to hurt them and you're going to end up hurt because they're going to quit coming around you because you never even asked them, what do you want to be? And it's going to change several times. Know that when I was in high school, I Pastor Mike wanted to be a DJ. I used to say, I'm your baby, your lover, your bed, your cover, big, big Mikey Moore. And my daddy enrolled me in Columbia School of Broadcasting. Little did I know I was going to preach. And he was getting me ready to talk. Find out what they love. And use that to do the will of God for them to be excellent in their life. Because that's what God is doing with you. And then in conclusion, where we started out. His father said to him, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me. And everything I have is yours. We read that scripture as if it's us saying to God, God, I surrender, I surrender all, I surrender all, all to Jesus, I surrender, I surrender. That's not us talking to God. That comes from the passage on the prodigal son. And the prodigal had gone away and come back home. And the one who had been there all along who didn't go waste the money, who didn't go behave righteously. He came back and the brother who was with the father got jealous about what somebody else had. And God told his son, you've been with me always and everything I have is yours. Let me tell you something. Everything God has as his son as his daughter is yours. I need you to think about that. The ring, the robe, the fatted calf, the inheritance is yours. And as you abide with him, 
He is going to give you all of the blessings of the Father's house. And you don't have to be jealous about what anybody else has. About anybody else's blessing. Because our Father has enough. Even for you. God will be there when everything and everyone else is gone. I went to Little Mike's games in their season where they never won a game. I drive down in the fog to Fresno and knew they was going to get whooped. <laughs> and sometimes I was the only parent there and I'd say, hit and they'd hear me. They'd say, who is that? I'd say, hit him again. Say, defense, defense. Only me all by myself. Defense, defense, defense. And I couldn't even ride on the bus with the team. I was a parent. And the, and the, and the boys on the bus say, we would have won if they'd have been more folk like your daddy. Let me tell you. God is rooting for you in the fog, in the dark, away from home. And sometimes he's going to be the only voice. And sometimes you'll think that you're losing, not realizing that's preseason. It don't even count. You practicing to learn how to win even when it looks like you're losing. God will be there when everything and everyone else is gone, a present help in a time of trouble. No matter what your father may have been, your earthly father, those who have been the father's role, God wants you to allow him to be your father. He wants to adopt you. He wants to bring you into the family of God. He wants you to have all of the resources of heaven so that he can provide a lasting victory for you with every head bowed and every eye closed. Heavenly Father, how we thank you that you allowed us to make it to this day. That in spite of all that we were and all that we've done, you still say, that's my boy. That's my girl. And you've given us treasure in the word of God. And you've given us another chance by allowing us to be here today. And you're rooting for us even when it seems like we're surrounded by defeat and the enemy is trying to give us a spiritual concussion. Heavenly Father, teach us to dress for the occasion. Teach us to go home. Teach us how to love even when those that we're loving can't love us back. Teach us how to be the best moan back man that has ever existed. Teach us, Lord God, that you're with us always and all that you have is ours as we abide under the wings of the Most High. While heads are still bowed and eyes are still closed, we pray that today you would join the family. We pray that today you would discover your spiritual DNA. Yes, there's been a blood test, but that blood was Jesus' blood. 
and you can be in the family. And we pray this prayer in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. If you would like to learn more about us, please visit EncounterJesus.us or search for Encounter Church San Leandro in your app store.